0: I'm 65, okay? I just started a five-year term. Do that math, right? That makes me 70 years old. You can only have so much fun um, (laughs) in one lifetime. Um, I have been open with them uh, 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 about the fact that this is gonna be my last term. Um, You know, I said it before, to them before the election in July, and I'm absolutely committed to that. Van morning show. Four seven five nine. The Fan, Ben Brain
1: Gunning. I'd like to start my campaign today to be the next commissioner of Major League Baseball. Uh, if you get it, and, you know, feels like a long shot, but if you get it, mm-hmm. can this be a Dwight Schrute situation? Can I be, like, assistant to yeah, sure. Major League Baseball's commissioner? I, I won't forget my friends. I actually feel like I'd be a great, like, non-baseball hardo voice in your ear. I feel like... Because you, like, you know, yeah. like, you love baseball. Yeah, you, you do. can give me the proper perspective. I can Like, okay, relax. He's not Shohei Otani.
0: I think I would be great at that job if I didn't have to do any of the negotiating because, like, I'm horrible. And that's why Rob Manfred has the job because he's been part of the negotiating Mm -hmm. power structure for years and years and years before he was put into the big chair. Like, I just need somebody below me. Hey, Rob, if you actually want to stay on, like, (laughs) behind the scenes and, like, do your negotiating, although, like, that is perhaps not something that we want if we want labor peace going forward. Mm -mm. But everything else, I think I... I I could message things correctly.
1: Like, I obviously love the sport. I told you your calling in life is to be a, uh, and not that you're not smart, but to be a (laughs) brainless shill for a front office in baseball. You got great hair, (laughs) handsome guy, good head on TV. Some people would say that I'm already that. Like, oh, here comes the brainless shill, shilling
0: for, well, now it's going to be Rob Manfred.
1: Yeah. Okay. (laughs) No, you're not. You are? Okay, well let's. I'll. I won't lead the witness here. So Rob okay. Manfred. I just hate all commissions. I guess I, let me let me just unequivocally state. Well, so that. this is part of it, right?
0: Is that two things? And I guess Adam Silver is kind of he's he's put yeah. himself in the position of being the likable guy, Ish. because he was oh so friendly with the players, and I don't know. To, to me, they're they're just they're all pretty loathsome, right? Like, and that's part of the game. Oh, there's, is a to be there's a scale.
1: There's a scale.
0: Yes, there. You're supposed to be the meat shield, and I also think that we, if we're evaluating how how good a job these North American pro sports commissioners have, mm-hmm. how good a job they've done, we kind of have to take the money out of it because all of them make money. Like Gary Bettman shut the league down well, for a no, year. I actually,
1: okay, this is about Manfred, and I don't want to hijack the conversation, but that actually is the thing that it's like in a world where every other North American sport even caps baseball. going up next year. Yeah. Ca- oh, congrats, caps finally going up. It's well, but.
0: Yeah, they missed a year, and then they had the pandemic thing. Like, I, I think owners, most of them, are pretty happy in the National Hockey League as far as the dollars that are coming into the sport.
1: Yes, they would be, but I also think that it's a kind of steadily, naturally growing thing. Like, I don't think, again, like to bring it back to baseball unlike with Manfred with some changes we've seen that have actually changed the sport and made it better and made it more appealing. And I think make it more palatable to a kind of national or general audience. We haven't seen that in, uh, in the NHL, but okay. again, I don't want to hijack the topic. Okay. I
0: don't want to, and I don't want to put words in your mouth. Okay. So Rob Manfred, and yeah. there's, there's a ne- another half decade of Rob Manfred yeah. to come. And he says by the end of his tenure in five years, he wants the plan in place for two more teams, Bringing the total to 32, mm-hmm. same as the NFL, same as the NHL. Um, by the time he's done in January mm-hmm. of, of, of 2029, okay. What what kind of pace is he on? How do you feel about the Rob Man for tenure so far?
1: Uh, there's a lot of things I find loathsome, but the things that actually matter that he's—I'm well, not going to sit here and give him all the credit for it, but that he is actually at least at the very least allowed to have had happened... like. Universal DH, look, I loved pitchers who can rake as much as anybody else. Like, oh, here's Mike Owings coming up. It was fun, okay? Guess what? It's better. It's a better world when there's just players who can hit at bat all the time. And the pitch clock was an incredible thing for the game. So you have to give him some credit there. I also hate that the commissioner of the sport, and I know you're going to say, yeah, out of context. or oh my God. But the hunk of metal thing is never not going to stick in my craw. You have to, and this come, I come to it, honestly, from where I am. I'm a Mm. hockey guy. Like the Stanley cup is among the most holy things I revere in this world. So for the commissioner of a sport to say, yeah, it's a hunk of metal. It's named after you, but it's the commissioner's trophy. That one's never not going to stick for me. But in terms of what he's done for the game or again, or at least at the very least allowed to have had happen to the game. I have to give him credit for the changes that have happened.
0: Okay, to so the hunk of metal thing, which I've been on record multiple times. Um, but if you're unaware of where I stand on this subject, I obviously I don't I don't think the commissioner's trophy is a hunk of metal. But I think the point was, hey, what am I going to do? Take the trophy back because the World Series is more of an idea than they, they just like it to Reggie Bush. Yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah. No. You you should follow the NCAA like that. <laughs> that's the the organization you should be you should be leading your decision-making process. No, so I, I. it sounds bad, and it sounds like he's denigrating the trophy, which he kind of is, because he's like, hey, the World Series is about the idea of playing those games and outplaying the team in the World Series, not just about some stupid trophy. It's the World Series in your heart that matters. But, yeah, that's the point, and Rob Manfred didn't put it quite so eloquently. I think if you have a quibble with how that whole... Astros cheating thing was handled. The the problem you should have was that there was no discipline meted down to any of the players. Oh, that yeah, those guys I mean, were given did
1: that as well. Blanket
0: <laughs> immunity, despite the fact that they were the ones actively participating in it. And you know the the, the Carlos Bellatrans of the world. Like there's too many guys that got off scot free, mm-hmm. and AJ Hinch had to wear it for those guys. And who yep. knows how involved God, what the manager was.
1: Who the of Tigers?
0: Yeah. Okay, that's that's bad, and he. Nobody likes him, right? Like just a general straw poll of people that like baseball. Hey, you like Rob Manfred? Ah, mm-hmm. oh, Rob Manfred, and because part of it is also he's the face of the league when you have labor stoppages, which didn't end up materially impacting the season a year ago, and we'll see. There's another one to come in his tenure. But that's part of it. Nobody likes outside of maybe Adam Silver, but I think the the worm started yeah, to turn no. with him. People a little
1: are at best lukewarm, I feel like, now.
0: Yeah, that's the job of a commissioner. But scoreboard. Okay. So again, financially, every North American pro sport is doing well, but baseball as well. Like the the idea that baseball is dying is outrageous. Like the the they're making money hand over fist and yep. it continues to uh, rise um, as far as
1: the franchise values and the rights fees for national television rights. I got to throw in; it'd be hard to screw it up when you don't compete for the bulk of your season with any other major sport outside of golf. Sure, like it's but that's, be, no, that's no, no. I, that's I, that's like, baseball. Yep. No, I just like got to throw it in there. I think.
0: Yep, yep, yep. But yeah, scoreboard. You mentioned it. Universal DH. Uh, this, the the. Pitch clock has been a rousing success. Attendance was up Mm -hmm. like a significant amount a season ago. The game is more watchable. It's still got a ways to go, I think, before we're at a place that we should be happy with. And there's things I quibble with when it comes to the expanded playoffs. But every sport is headed in this direction. Baseball wasn't going to be left behind. And honestly, if we're talking about expansion... That is, it, it, as long as we don't expand the playoffs too much again at that point, it honestly, it kind of makes sense. If you're going to expand the playoffs, make the mm. regular season more valuable by adding more teams and percentage-wise, it's a lower percentage of teams that get into the postseason. I I look at Rob Manfred's tenure as commissioner of Major League Baseball being a good one.
1: God, I called you a shill earlier. I didn't even know this was coming. Yeah. Shilling, shilling for Manfred. Uh, I don't want to run away from the Manfred conversation, but I think expansion is going to be a big part of his legacy. I've been on record as hating it in the NHL. I mean, there's already 32 yeah, teams. The league's pretty watered down as is. Where, like, I feel like you're a little more you're you're a little more able to answer this question than me. Where are you at on the idea of expansion in baseball? Like, so often we get these. I mean, look at Babe Schneider. Like, it comes out of nowhere and saves the Jays' season for a week. And there's mm-hmm. just there's so many more players on rosters, and you filter through so many more players. Do you have more of an issue with it, less of an issue? You're okay with it? Where are you at on expansion I mean, that's where pro
0: sports are going. I mean, just look at population growth, right? It, 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 it does make sense to continue to expand. Now, I, I would say that parte- participation sport-wise, probably more North American kids picking up a baseball bat or a ball and a glove than our stepping onto the ice, but I'd love yeah. to know the raw numbers. It just feels like there's more talent. There are, like, just factually more professional baseball players not at the major league level than there are professional hockey players around. Like, they just – I think the talent level, we've seen it already dip in the NHL when we get to 32 teams. Yeah, I guess you can make the same argument about major league baseball. I just think the ability to have m- more capable major league players with two extra team – like, I, th- I think that's – you're it's more possible to have, yeah, no, it's a more a better quality sport
1: with two more teams in baseball than it does with hockey. I don't disagree, and I know Shai's waiting. Just quickly, I guess, I guess would be an idea of like I was about to say it's a more global game, and I think it is, but it's like the pockets are different. But it is a North like there's the Caribbean and stuff. But yeah, it's like there's not like. I don't think there's an overwhelming, like, baseball presence in, like, Central Europe and all that. Mm-hmm. It's just, I don't know. It's interesting to see, like, it is a more global game. You have Asia, you have the Caribbean, you have South America. So, yeah, in theory, just that alone should mm-hmm. allow you to have kind of two more teams without watering it down too, too much.
0: All right, let's talk to a man who spoke face-to-face with Rob Manford yesterday. Shy Davidi in Dunedin, Florida, Sportsnet's own. How's it going, Shy? Long time, no talk. Yeah, been a bit. How, uh, all good here. How are you guys? Doing Doing very well. We'll, we'll talk about the Jason in just a second. It doesn't make sense to d- divert away from the Rob Manford conversation that we were just having. Um, how have you viewed his tenure through, what, a half decade now?
2: I mean, it's interesting, right? He obviously has had his very rocky moments uh, and certainly the way some of the things were handled during the pandemic uh, and during the the lockout and the uh, couple of labor uh, situations that he's had to go through uh, did not reflect well about about him, the Houston Astros cheating scandal uh, and the way that was handled and the comment that the world series trophy is just a piece of metal obviously is something that rubbed many people the wrong way. But, I do think that when you look at the changes made to the sport with the clock, I don't know if it fully redeems him, but I think it certainly changes the tenor. I mean, the, the, the last, the success of the rule changes last year and the way that it just increased the action, minimized the dead time. I mean, I I'd, I'd be hard pressed to find another league that's had at least in recent times, uh, as, invasive but successful a series of rule changes as major league baseball had last year and you know if they're able to push forward on that and you'll know, figure out the situations in oakland and tampa and press towards expansion i think you'd have to look at his tenor, tenure tenure uh, a little bit differently and and you can possibly even say that he's left the game in a better place than when he picked it up
1: I it's funny, you know, I'm, I've been as critical of Manfred as anyone else. And, you know, Ben rolls his eyes every time I say it, but I am someone who doesn't like the hunk of metal comment. Like it does stick in my craw. I do not like it, but I actually think that if we're thinking about this, not right now, but in a generation or decades down the line, I think all that stuff kind of goes by the wayside. Like every generation of baseball has its scandal, or, you know, it's be it PEDs, be it what the Astros happened, be it the Black Sox way, you know, 100, 100 years ago. I think the only thing we're going to kind of remember from this era is how differently the game is with the pitch clock and, you know, to a lesser extent, the universal DH and, and the shift rules. Like, I really think when we're thinking about this, not now in the here and now, but in from the 3000 foot level, it, it kind of feels like the pitch clock is going to be far and away the, the biggest piece of his legacy. And I don't, I don't really think there'll be anything that comes kind of remotely close to it, honestly.
2: Yeah. I mean, it, it, that's, it's an interesting way to think about it because I think ultimately where the game goes, this will be uh, a really significant turning point. But the it wasn't just sort of like calling the World Series trophy uh, a hunk of metal; it was also just how reflective it was of the what what a number of people around the game feel was permissiveness mm-hmm. towards rule flouting that led to the Astros pushing it to the to the degree that they did like I don't think that go that fully ever goes away but as opposed to that being you know number one in his legacy I think that you you could you'll eventually be able to look at it and say hey you know as much as we didn't like the way that he handled the Astro scandal and how they tried to contain what was a very, very damaging uh, period for the sport. you also he'll also really just deserve credit for pushing through rule changes that players uh, to to a certain degree didn't want, but I would say. Mostly by and large acknowledged now are are actually better for the game, even if there are some lingering challenges transitioning through them
0: yeah. I don't know why I have to be so defensive about the Rob Manfred hunk of metal thing. Like they, the again, yeah, just don't, just leave it alone. <laughs> the, like the, you love him, just, you love him the, and the hunk of metal so I, I much.
2: Have, I, I have, I haven't heard this. Why are you defensive of that?
0: Because the idea was like, what am I going to do? Take the hunk of metal back? Like talking about the trophy is not the thing. The thing is like winning the World Series and the games. The games happened. Like, yeah, what what difference does it make if I take the trophy back? It's just a trophy. Because I do agree with it. Like it's yeah, it's it's represent it. it represents this incredible feat of uh, of being the last team standing. It is just a trophy. The idea is, like, the seven-game series that you played against the other best team in the other league that that you won. That's that's the thing, not the trophy. Like, that was the point that was made. It was made ineloquently, but that was the point. And people get confused by, like, oh, he doesn't think that the trophy's a hunk of battle. He, he should have said that. the game. Should have like, said that then. But no, the, the, that was the point of the conversation.
2: Uh, you know, I, I mean, it's not, it's not similar because obviously the, the Stanley cup, is the greatest trophy in, in pro sports, but yeah. it's the, it's the, the closest that you can come to uh, removing people's names from the cup. Right. Yeah. That's, and I think the symbolism of saying that part of it is irrelevant mm-hmm. is what rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. Cause look, I mean, like players grind every day of their lives to try and win that trophy, right? It's their singular goal, their singular focus. They put, every ounce of their being and try and win it, trying to win it and hold it over their heads and to call it a, a, a hunk of metal, uh, you know, it was just it disrespectful is, to, 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 the, to, the amount of effort that the players put into it. And yeah, you can, you can never, you can never sort of take back those seven games. What happened happened. There's no way to rewrite that. There's no time machine. Uh, no, nobody's the flash that they can run back into time and change things. Right. <laughs> but the, the 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 symbolism uh, is what matters when you can't change the past. Does the Flash go back in time? He does. Oh, okay. So Are Hall have... of Fame plaques to
1: him also just hunks of metal as well? Like, it's all just like, <laughs> <facts>. <laughs> like when
0: we get down to brass tacks, it's all yeah. Like but that's just actually much material. more a
1: hunk of metal. Like the Commissioner's Trophy is at least like finely crafted, and there's little pendants on it. Like <laughs> a Hall of Fame plaque is literally it's just like. Here's a plaque of metal. with a person's face carved into it. It's way more
0: difficult. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Anyways, we've, we've gone far afield here, Shy. Any more thoughts on
2: hunks of metal? No, we can. Uh, I think we're we've uh, we're meddled out at this All right. point. Okay. If
1: it is baseball, though, just for the greatest joke in baseball history, it should be made of tungsten for tungsten arm, O'Doyle. Doyle. Yeah, and yeah th- that's Itani, right. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. All
0: right. So Alec Manoa is the number one topic du jour yesterday. We didn't hear from him, and we, we what we did hear was the thing I fully expected to hear, and I, I probably can anticipate what Alec Manoa says today when he does his me, uh, media availability. Um, and maybe it doesn't matter ultimately, but I, I just, I would like some clarity on the process and what exactly went down between he and the organization last year when there were reports that he was none too pleased at their unwillingness to put him on the IL and, and didn't want to pitch in the minor leagues and like that, that element of it. And I, I guess the further we get away from it, and especially if he's just good this year, it doesn't matter. But do you think we get any clarity on that today?
2: I'm very curious to hear what he's had to say. I mean, everything that we've heard publicly so far has all been uh, through the, the Blue Jays and what they've had to say about things. And I, I'm really intrigued to, to hear what Alec Manoa has to say and how, in his eyes, everything there played out and how much he's he's willing to share about that. And it certainly was a point of curiosity, uh, to say the least, for a lot of people around the club last year and ultimately uh, how he's responded and responding and continues to respond to that will be the ultimate test for him so uh, I think that there's quite a bit of excitement about how he's looked so far very early in camp the way that he showed up Uh, you know one player just Say to me, like you've seen Alec, like he looks amazing. Like he, he's obviously uh, impressed some people with the amount of work that he's put in over the off season. But you know, the you don't turn things around on uh, on the first day of uh, pitchers and catchers, right? It's going to be a long process, and how all that ends up translating on the mound and in competition is really the the vital piece here. And it's going to be a while before we'll get you know a real read on that.
1: Yeah, that's all well and good, but if you had to handicap it sitting here today, how do you think think things shake out, not over the course of the full season, because, I mean, that's a magic eight ball, but over the course of camp, like where do you just right now today expect Alec Manoa to,
2: to start the season? I mean, he's in the starting rotation until he's not, right? Uh, the Blue Jays positioned him for that pretty early in the off season with some of Ross Atkins's comments at that point in time. And then you look at the way that they operated over the winter. I mean, they very clearly were telling you that Alec Manola is their fifth starter because they didn't acquire uh, mm-hmm. another starter. You know, Yariel Rodriguez could eventually be a starter, uh, but this is someone who outside of the World Baseball Classic last year didn't really pitch competitively. Mm-hmm. And so to expect him to be able to come in and haul a significant number of innings is probably unfair to him and unfair to the team. And he does have an option in his contract, which is somewhat uh, just for this year, which is somewhat unusual for uh, you know, international players of his age. So that underlines that there needs to be a little bit of caution with him and that the Blue Jays have to, be cognizant of the way that they're bringing him along this year. So beyond that, you get into Bowden Francis and Mitch White, and you know maybe Ricky Tiedemann. This is not a, a team that is that really. Planned to have someone other than Alec Manoa starting, so uh, I think for those reasons, uh, as long as Alec Manoa is translating the way that you expect him to translate on the mound, the, his work onto the mound, uh, we'll we'll see him in the starting rotation when the season opens.
0: Ross uh, Ross Atkins also said that they're they're done adding as far as. If they if they add, they're going
1: to subtract, and it said some. That's stuff. very pointed, actually. Yeah. I don't know that he would say those no, exact he said words. No, there's
0: a, the like operationally was a thing that he peppered in quite a bit in that response. Like what we're talking about here, shy, is just the Blue Jays are at where they're uh, the, the 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 luxury tax salary that they have currently is the level
2: that they're comfortable at and not beyond. Right? Like, is that what we're talking about? That's, that was my read of it, and I, I, it was pretty explicit that it's, I don't know if it's necessarily sort of money in, money out kind of thing right now, but uh, you know, aside from there being some moves on the periphery, and it, it sounds like uh, Eduardo Escobar was, uh coming into camp on a minor league deal, uh, I haven't confirmed that, but there's some reports out there saying that, uh, that, uh, you know, they, they are done, so... You know, people who maybe were looking at the market and looking at their approach to say Matt Chapman, Cody Ballinger, saying, hey, maybe they're just slow playing things. I mean, I read that as Ross Atkins pouring pretty cold water on, on that idea. So the, they're sort of just beyond the midpoint between the first and second luxury tax thresholds that would leave them a, a pretty good amount of space to make some in-season ads and or pr- potentially be aggressive come trade deadline time and so i had my my read of what ross atkins meant when he said operationally this is where, uh, operationally. where yeah, exactly where they want to be uh that my sense is that and ross atkins mentioned sort of the trade deadline being another opportunity for for them to add i think that pretty much explains sort of that they're at where they're at right now. This is where they're going to go. I mean, but something, an opportunity could always uh, emerge that they didn't necessarily expect. Uh, but right now, this is the the group, the, the heavy lifting that they plan to do this off season uh, is essentially done.
0: Even though Joey Votto doesn't want to go, Quietly into that good night, like, well, what a, what a sad little Instagram post he had the other day, and it does feel like the, the attention he expected to receive in free agency, despite only being a, a year older than Justin Turner, obviously had a, a lesser season than Justin Turner a season ago, but was coming off an injury, and, you know, he hit a bunch of bombs last year. Um, yeah, what, what, do you, what do you think the future holds for, for Joey Votto, who's he's not one of these Boris client guys, but he is out there still looking for a job?
2: Yeah. And to to me, there's just so much reason to want to have Joey Votto on your team. All right. I mean, in terms of guys who are fountains of knowledge when it comes to hitting, uh, I mean, if you've ever had the privilege to talk hitting with Joey Votto, I mean, I I don't know that you can do much better, Mm -hmm. right? He's Someone who thinks the game at such a uniquely elite level that, there is value to carrying him. Now I don't know how much playing time he's seeking in an opportunity, how much playing time teams may feel comfortable giving him. And, you know, if he, if he's looking for 450, 500 at bats, you know, that could be tough for some teams to, to, maybe want to devote to a player at his age and, and with what he's been through physically in recent years. Uh, at the same time, uh, he's such a good hitter. He's such a smart hitter. Uh, I would never bet against him because uh, of, of the remarkable career that he's had. So uh, it's a, a really intriguing situation. I Think baseball is better with Joey Votto in it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I certainly would trust him to be able to find ways to put together uh, really professional competitive at bats, even at his age right now with what he's gone through physically.
0: Yeah. Uh, um, Fit wise, I guess he he doesn't make a ton of sense for the Blue Jays, especially if he thinks he can get an everyday job. He can get you know 130 plate appearance or 130 games as a full time DH somewhere. But if if he's come to the realization, and maybe this Instagram post is like a, a window into his mind here, that he's not going to get that anywhere, and he can be, you know, and I guess the money part is part of it, but. I mean, wouldn't you rather have Joey Votto playing the Spencer Horowitz role than, no offense, Spencer Horowitz? Like, is there
2: not a, a way it makes sense for the Blue Jays? I mean, where, where's he getting at bats from, right? Because you've got. I was just kind of like playing with the sort of the roster pieces yesterday and like just thinking about all the different guys that they've got to get at bats from mm-hmm. and who you might pinch hit for. And. Yeah, there, there are some, some of your you know, infielders who you might pinch hit for in a spot late in the game, but I, I don't know. Can you get Joey Votto 250 plate appearances with all the other pieces on the roster and how many guys you're going to play and how relatively few guys you're going to pinch hit? I mean, maybe, but I think it comes down to how do you want to you know, spend whatever remaining money that it is that you have uh, and what that does for you later in the season when you might want to make other potential ads. Like you don't want to put yourself in a position where, uh, you know, if, if Votto is not, or if, it, he, if he just isn't able to be effective at the mm, plate. Yeah, that's tough uh, you, one. Do, do, do you want to be the guy who designates him for assignment? I think that that piece exists to, to some degree as well.
0: Yeah, I get it. But I, I guess beggars can't be choosers if you're Joey Votto. Um, and it does feel like he's a beggar at this point. We'll see, but uh, yeah, at this point, uh, doesn't have a landing spot. Shy, uh, congratulations uh, at the return of, of Major League Baseball and being in in uh, sunny climbs when you know we had our like first real significant snowfall of the year. You timed that out perfectly. Well done.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I'd love to say that uh, I had a crystal ball on that one, but uh, it was nice to only shovel a couple times this year and. Sorry to my family that you guys are wearing, had to wear it <laughs> yesterday.
0: <laughs> That's rough. All right. Uh, thanks, man. Uh, we'll talk again soon. All right. Talk to you guys. Bye. The is Shai Davidi, Sportsnet, sportsnet.ca, in Dunedin, covering Blue Jays. Spring training, day to today. How mad are you that
1: I had to do, like, five minutes on Joey Votto there? God, I, it's amazing you just hacked into my brain. I'm like, we're going to talk about this every day until this guy signs. Please, God, somebody, go sign in Korea for all I care, Japan. Mm. I don't care. Just have it so you can't talk about this anymore. Mm. Are you good on Joey Votto because I have something to say about snow? Mm. You want more thoughts? Who's Okay, actually, I actually have a question for you. Who's sadder about this, Joey Votto or you? Because on one hand, it's like you would love him to be on the Blue Jays. On the other hand, once he is, you can only talk about him every once in a while. Well, yeah, because now not. you can bring yeah. him up every day mm-hmm. as the missing piece. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm saying that tongue in cheek. I don't mm-hmm. actually think you think that. Oh, maybe. Well, you do. D- don't no, know. it
0: it depends on how much third base they want Justin Turner to play. And it didn't sound like the, there was a, a great indication that they're like Justin Turner is playing third base on opening day. I. Because honestly, that would be the day that would make the most sense. He's fully rested, right? Up. Yeah, he's not—he's not getting healthier. It didn't sound like even that is in the offing. It feels like Isaiah Kiner-Falefa is the starting third baseman for this team, and it's what a fun puzzle. I think uh uh
1: John Schneider said. By the uh, way, I my kids gotten into the mess of late. I hate puzzles. Mm, they, they're the worst. I love them. You do, I, eh? I, oh, yeah. There was a, a Costco puzzle that was on sale. Oh, you don't over like, Christmas uh, one of these kajillion piece puzzles. Oh, yeah, it was like oh. of a Costco store. I,
0: bought it. God. Uh, we didn't finish it though God, because it's taking up too much space. But yeah no, it's it's a fun puzzle. It's it's not much of a puzzle anymore if Justin Turner is playing third base a couple times a week once a week even yeah. and Joey Votto starting as your DH or again coming off the bench in the Spencer Horowitz role as, mm-hmm. as a pinch hitter late in games it makes sense in that regard. It doesn't make sense when you're talking about a Hall of Famer who probably wants a bigger role than that and secondarily to the point that Shai brought up It's a salient one that the possibility very much exists that Joey Votto stanks now, right? He didn't stank Mm -hmm. last year. He did still take his walks, but he only hit like 200 Um, and he hit a bunch of bombs, but it's possible at 40 years old coming off the physical ailments that he's, that he's had over the last couple of years that he can't hack it anymore. And do you want to be the organization that's like, Hey, hall of famer, greatest Canadian baseball player of all time, uh your career is over and we don't want you
1: anymore i understand that yeah for 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 sure and again i just like i'd implore any warm-blooded baseball executive to sign that man to a contract ASAP so I can have this conversation less going forward. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you I'll disagree. Try and, I know. I'll try and shoehorn it in, though. No, I know you will. Like, I'm very aware, mm-hmm. and I know what's happening, mm-hmm. and I just, when you were like, uh, do you have any more? I have one more dash." shy. I'm like, oh, yeah, go ahead. Talk to him about Joey Votto. Like, mm-hmm. I knew it was going to happen before. Oh, let's hear your big snow take. What is your thing on
0: the snow? <laughs>
1: We're raising a soft generation. Uh, I, well, yeah. Okay. So like, you know, I'm out there, I'm shoveling and you know, my child is not old enough yet. Although I'm not, I'm not too good to put a shovel in his hand and say, do something while you're out here. Mm-hmm. But I got I'm seeing too many dads in the suburbs shoveling. It's like, Hey, you have, there's a, like an eight or nine year old that lives in that house across the street. Get to shoveling. Like, do your kids shovel? Do you get a shovel in their hands?
0: Yeah. I, w- like, I'm yeah. not afraid of, of putting Manual them labor. to work. Yeah. Like, I, that's, even, I, even the five-year-old, they yes. all have, they put the dishes away. There we go. They, they take their lunches out of their bags and they put them in the garbage. They organize things. They got to clean their rooms. Like, I'm yeah. not against there that. There we go it's just been like shoveling has been not
1: such a non-issue for us because there's this one kid on the street who like either he is just into it or his parents have put the fear of god in him that Mm -hmm. like when there's one snowflake you get Mm -hmm. out there and start shoveling and i love it love it love it so just psa out there you didn't have kids for them not to shovel the driveway so i like i know i'm not telling you anything you don't know but just everyone out there specifically in my suburb in Burlington. Yeah. Get your kids shovel in the snow, and I also. It's like I know this is bad as I'm griping about everyone being lazy, especially with the little dusting we got. I got my power shovel out yesterday. It was great. I was feeling good. I was. T- I threw some. I, I threw some snow on my wife with it. She was not happy about it. It mm. was great. I was having a time. Don't it's don't much if, more. It's yeah. like it's like it's a, a mini snowblower okay, basically. Right.
0: Yeah, power shovel. Yeah, it's great. It's awesome. I love it. You think that sounds better than mini snowblower? Calling it a
1: power shovel. I think both of them sound bad. To be perfectly honest, like mini snowblower sounds so cute. I
0: think power shovel. People I think it's could,
1: technically called a power shovel. That's though. fine, but
0: I think most people, when you say power shovel, they're like, "Oh, well, that's." My, might not even have an engine in it. it. Might just be, like, totally manual, and it's just like, that's the brand uh, name, oh. Power Shovel. And it's like, it's yeah, like a, it's like a use Homer all Simpson. your manpower with the shovel. Nope. When, Re, in fact, it's nope. like...
1: Rechargeable battery. Yeah, that's yeah. embarrassing. I disagree. I have I was, a normal shovel. Yeah, okay, guess what? So do I. And I'll use it when I need to, but I uh, didn't need to yesterday, and I was out there was throwing snow. It was awesome. Had Certainly
0: time. didn't need a power shovel for yesterday. No, you didn't need it. Oh, no, what a oh, man. <sighs> You no no, I'm just I there was a part of me that was worried that school because they've had no oh, no God. no no uh snow cancellations this year that they would preemptively because there was a travel warning in effect, and the
1: possibility existed for an an absolute yeah I remember Morgan Riley Morgan Riley could not fight his fight in person because of the snow.
0: Right. Well, in New York
1: City there was actually a lot of snow. Yeah, yeah. Sure.
0: Um, But yeah, the possibility existed for a lot of snow. That wasn't a lot of snow. Mm -mm. But I, I, and I don't want to make a straw man argument here because I didn't see anything shut down. But like a lot of people were like (laughs) prepping themselves for a nightmare snowmageddon situation which never transpired.
1: So I'm I'm glad everybody Yeah, I'm actually thrilled about that. And again, you and I... Well, you and I talked about this yesterday. Um... If it could snow while we're gone, Mm -hmm. that'd be nice as well. Mm -hmm. I don't want just shy. Like Mm -hmm. if shy got to come on here and brag Mm -hmm. and then I have to hear that it's 10 degrees when I'm gone, going to be livid. So I hope we got another dumping. Fingers crossed. While I'm gone. Mm-hmm. And you too. Hopefully I never
0: have to see what happened to Tiger Woods on 18 oh God. ever again. Well, if
1: you play golf with me, you will. So Yeah, but from hell. Oh, okay. Yeah. All
0: right. We'll talk about that in more next as the Fan Morning Show continues. Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning, Sportsnet 590, The Fan.
1: Big guests and bigger opinions on everything happening in Leafsland. Real Kipper and Bourne. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Tiger, I'm not going to say the word, but on 18. Oh, I definitely I shanked it. <laughs> what, what what happened there, and is that still a shock to the system for you when that happens? Well, my, my back was spasming in the last couple of holes and it was locking up, so um, I came down and, and it, it didn't move, and I presented hosel first and uh, shanked it. When's the last time you hit a shank, Tiger? I think you can remember? Oh, it's been a while. It's definitely been a while. <laughs> uh, other than trying to hit flop shots and other kind of weird shots around the greens. Uh, not not from the position I was at. Van Morning Show, 4, 7, five nine of the Ben Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning. It's, yeah. I mean, Tigers, you can say Shank to Tiger. It's not like yeah. Tigers, like, oh, no, Shanks no, are in my brain. Oh, nothing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not like Mitch Marner were shambles, shambles, but yeah, now Shanks are in his brain. He's going to be fine. But that was, that's jarring. God. You see, Tiger Woods, even par on the 18th hole, his approach. Right off the hazel hos- rocket. What's your favorite term for a shank? Hazel rocket.
1: Yeah, for me. I like that one. I, it's not a term for a shank, but I and I, I feel like it's kind of like run its course. They don't do it as much anymore. And I feel like you were the one who first tipped me to this. But mm. one of the great golf accounts out there used to do Shank Week, and it oh, was like yeah. the Shark Week music, <laughs> yeah. and that was that was really, really, really good. I did I, I did enjoy that. I also again just while we're talking shanks, they once had a guy named Adam Shank. Yes. Intentionally hitting Shanks on the range. And it was oh. just there's nothing more that <gasps> these guys are so good and dialed that he could on the range before a tournament intentionally hit Shanks. That's a great point. And I then don't... go out and just flush it. Honestly, I don't know if I I probably you could, could no, intentionally you could. You hit could. a Shanks. Yeah. You could.
0: But yeah, that I would be yeah, having I'd have Shanks in the brain. Oh
1: my God. Of course. Shanks for them. me.
0: Yeah. I, the the club I shank all the time is not all the time, but, but if I was gonna. If you're gonna,
1: if you had to, if you had to shank one to save your life, shank o meter, uh, it's my lob
0: wedge. Yeah, uh, yeah I would shank that thing on occasion. And then I'm like, oh, wow, well, that's
1: a way. So you and Tiger you are actually the same. Yeah. Cause he said around <laughs> the green, that's when they would do it. Away you go, lob wedge. Anyways. I, it's my fault, actually. I don't know if you know this. I sent a, uh, I sent a text to uh, a group chat that includes our mutual friend Sam McKee saying, wow, Tiger even would have gladly taken this. Mm. Uh, and I actually think that was mere minutes before the shank.
0: Well, and again, like it's such an example of how different these guys are from you and me. It's like, oh, guys, back spasming uh, on the 18th <laughs> hole. Shanks one. He's like, I hey, made bogey. Yeah, I'll just get up and down. That's
1: fine. <laughs> That's fine, it's fine. Uh, I would have made a 20 good. Like yes. probably Oh I, Well I would have I would have been I mean I wouldn't have been making it Somebody would have But mm-hmm. I would have been making a cocktail On the 19th hole oh, It's like yeah. oh a big shank like that Given the way my round had probably gone <laughs> There's a non-zero percent chance We're picking up there
0: So he finishes one over par 72 Which on the surface isn't so bad Except that that is uh, Eight shots back of Patrick Cantlay Who is your leader At seven under par Now he Sexy made a, leader He he made a bunch of burpees birdies in this round he made what three on the front uh two on the backs so he made five birdies and like if you're gonna be positive mm-hmm. about it finished two strokes better than Rory McIlroy nobody thinks Rory McIlroy is cooked
1: do we no oh, well we'll get Sam McKee on for that but no
0: yeah knows. Rory McIlroy is still in his prime so it's it's not the worst and still could make the cut Um, because it's top 50s and ties and within 10 strokes of the lead. Proof of concept is kind of there. I don't necessarily like hearing that the man who's almost 50 years old, who hasn't played competitive golf in almost a calendar year, has multiple times in which his back is spasming and seizing up. I don't
1: like that. No, I don't either. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that guy uh, in particular. He doesn't like it, but, you know, you – you you're able to do well what you practice the most and i don't think anybody in the history of mankind has had more practice golfing through back spasms yeah. than than tiger woods this is this is what it is on the day where he puts everything together, and to your point, it wasn't some flawless round, like he had moments where he excelled, but he also, you know, was fighting to get to even par at the the very end of it. It's that it's going to be about holding it together and having the perfect kind of storm of your body working and the weather working in your favor and getting the draw. And that's kind of where Tiger's at now is that in a perfect world, he can maybe still thread the needle but it's got to be a perfect world mm-hmm. and you know i i will say I, we talked about this yesterday i would have signed up for even par i know he finishes one over because yeah. of the shank but i would have gladly signed up for even par yesterday
0: yeah it was it was not that far off a very acceptable
1: round it's, exact, it's well, just let me tell you guys you mentioned the guys he's there he's he's there behind cameron young justin thomas you know, Sahith Gala, who was right there at the end last yeah. week. Like, these are all Wyndham Clark, who won a major yeah. last year. Okay, maybe it's Wyndham Clark, but he's one shot better than Tiger. I like Wyndham Clark just recently shot a, a
0: 60 at yes. Pebble Beach. That's right. It's pretty good.
1: Pretty impressive.
0: Yeah, no. The, Dumb he's, putter, though. But like I said, he's just a guy now, but sometimes no. just guys win golf tournaments. So I, I wouldn't entirely rule it out. No. I, I want to talk about Scotty Scheffler before we mm, get to the weekend rake. Because he's doing the thing that... I I think, I mean, it's happened to me in various iterations, obviously not to the degree that that it's happening to Scotty Scheffler, but the thing that if it happens to you is the most frustrating thing that can happen Mm. in golf where you just hit it, maybe the best you've ever hit it, Mm -hmm. and you're like, oh, I scored that, like that was the score that I made, that's it? Like I couldn't, I've hit the ball half as well as that and Mm -hmm. scored 10 strokes better than, that was my score yep. today. Scotty Scheffler, Tita Green, first in strokes gained yesterday. 67th out of 70 participants in putting. Yep. Um, my favorite is the, the Adam Silver meme, you know, we, we, time to learn Chinese, oh, yeah, buddy. Yeah. But it's
1: like, get ready to learn broomstick putter, buddy. Yeah, it's getting there, man. <laughs> the, this was the stat. I gave this to you off the air yesterday. I'll give it to everybody now. So the only one person in the history of mankind has ever hit 75% of their greens for the entire season. So if you're hitting your greens in regulation, you're giving yourself a chance to make birdie on pretty much every hole. Mm -hmm. Only Tiger Woods has been above 75%. Last year, Scotty Scheffler was at 74.4% this year so far. Now, this is through the beginning of yesterday, so maybe the numbers have stilted a little. Although the putting stats are bad, everything else was good. He has been at 88% percent. This is a mark near over 10% better than peak of his powers Tiger Woods. Now, he did it over a full season. We are in February here. There's a lot of road there, but Scheffler's been this guy for the better part of 2 years. There is, you know, we have the conversation of who the best golfer in the planet is right now. There's nobody better than Scotty Scheffler. He just can't putt. And I know that's kind of all that matters, but if you just talk about the most talented golfer in the world right now, there is no world where you could talk about anybody other than Scheffler.
0: Yeah, it's an outsized part of the game. Yeah, kind of matters. It, like, matters an insane, insane amount. And I'm a guy that eventually just, I went desperation. I do the claw now, which yeah. isn't as bad. Like, I don't, I could never get to the point, because it doesn't matter as much to me, because right. like yeah, oh, shooting eighty-five or or ninety is not that big a deal. Yeah. That I would never subject myself to the ridicule mm-hmm. of using the ginormous putter or the broom. Yeah, the broomstick yeah. or like I guess you can't anchor it in your belly anymore. But like something that looks ridiculous mm-hmm. claws as far as I'll go. But if it's going to cost you a major, if it's going to cost you many hundreds of thousands of dollars, we're not that far away from Scotty Scheffler going like Adam Scott here. Just like there's been guys that have, have been in the same situation and have just gotten desperate and it worked pretty well for Adam Scott. So, I think we're, we're we're pretty close to to that that point with Scotty
1: Sheffield. Yeah, it's just weird. He like he doesn't even go aim point. Like try something, something honestly. And again, like I I gotta be honest, I actually commend him because I think the broomstick putter is among the biggest scourges in the history of the sport. Like Adam Scott has one of the great pictures in the history of golf of winning the Masters in oh. the rain. And he's got this implement in the way should be a great little putter in his hand. And he looks like he's got like a spear, like he's charging into battle. So I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. You might need to do it. Scotty Shuffler. Although this is like the one thing keeping golf fair right now is that he can't putt. Cause yeah, if he could, true. he would be tiger. Yeah. Right. Like He'd he's be. already the number one player in the no, world. No, you're not. No, you're not wrong. If he could putt, He's He'd one of the worst tiger. putters on tour. Now, He's the number k- one player on that's tour. It's kind of like saying if you could skate, you'd be McDavid. Like, it's kind of a very yeah. instrumental no, part of the game. It's not like, oh, well, you know, this, this football
0: team doesn't have a good kicker. It's no. like kicking's not even a, yeah. really a part of yeah, the it game. It kind of matters. Yeah, it's like putting. Yeah. Wait, nobody goes into a round of golf not thinking, well, the put- I don't yeah. need to worry about putting. No. We all understand how important it is.
1: Drive for show, putt
0: for? Uh, also show.
1: Yeah, and dough, though.
0: Oh, yeah. Say the line. Come on. No. No.
1: Okay. You won't do it.
0: (laughs) Anyways, Uh, it's uh, narrative land uh, at Riviera. Can't wait to watch again today.
1: Tiger off just before 3 o'clock for anyone who cares. Mm -hmm.
0: Time now for the Wake and Rake presented by Sports Interaction, your homegrown sports book. 19-plus. Bet responsibly. Maple Leafs on Hockey Night in Canada hosting the Anaheim Ducks in the second of two matchups between... That Western Conference team this season, as we all recall, they fired all the shots in the world at the Ducks in Anaheim and only barely escaped with a 2-1 overtime win. They've now won a couple of consecutive games without Morgan Riley, who, again, will be out for this game, beat the Blues, beat the Flyers. On paper, this looks like an easier matchup, but like we saw in the in the first meeting between these two teams, you can't take anything for granted.
1: This is such a—it's not even a trap game. It's just the game Sheldon Keith is most worried about because it's the Ducks. They want it's Trevor Zekers. They want to go play roller hockey and roll up and down. And the Leafs are wholly happy with playing that game if it's out there for them. Especially you have a you have two guys coming off of hat tricks in this one. Nylander feeling good. OT winner. I think it's going to be a uh, pretty high scoring affair. I got to be honest. I know. Really? I, I know every time you think the Leafs aren't, they're going to, I think they rack it up. I think the ducks are going to want to push it. Their best chance to win this game. The ducks is to open it up and have a lot of goals, fire a lot of pucks on Samsonov. So I I'd be looking at the over in this one and the Leafs are just going to be such, such heavy favorites. It's, it's hard to, to look at that unless you think trap game and you go ducks. Yeah.
0: Or you take them on the puck line. Uh, I'm on the other side of the thing, especially considering, Considering we saw a proof of concept with the under, that that 2-1 overtime uh, thriller in Anaheim, I like the under in this game. Uh, that was The Wake and Rake, presented by Sports Interaction, your homegrown sportsbook, 19+. Bet responsibly. When we come back, we'll talk to former NHLer, former Flyer, Scott Hartnell. And the
1: third Sedin triplet.
0: And the third Sedin triplet, Scott Hartnell, uh, currently NHL Network Analyst. Next is the Fan Morning Show continues. Ben Annis, Brent Gunning, Sportsnet 590, The Fan.